Hello and welcome to another Dynasty Command Center podcast. I am your host, Travis May, and Curtis Patrick is not with me today. I'll be flying solo, uh, talking about some future studs of the NFL. But uh, just keep in mind, if you have not already gotten your rookie guide via rotoviz.com, you can feed your rookie fever right now. You just go to rotoviz.com and check out the Dynasty Command Center rookie guide. It's got rankings, tons of... Uh, fun analytical coverage and everything you need to really tackle uh, all the information at hand with these rookies pre-combine and it is kind of crazy that the NFL combine is what two weeks away less than that now we're coming up on it we're going to be talking about rookies really for the next two three four five months uh, as we uh, kind of uh, take our time heading into uh, the off season and and uh, really leading up uh, I guess really into August we'll be talking about these rookies and which ones are going to be the, the impact players early on who's going to be this year's AJ Brown or Miko Hardman or uh, you know this you know Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders what you know what's it going to look like with these rookies uh, and we've already talked about the first tier and even some of the second tier players uh, as far as rookies go but um, I want to actually take a special episode to talk about some of the other future studs of the NFL that aren't quite there yet they haven't declared for the NFL draft just yet and really, if you pay attention to college football, I mean, National Signing Day was just last week. And so there's all these new faces and new names to, to get to know that just joined your favorite college football team. Maybe you don't even have a favorite college football team, but these are these are players that are going to play in the NFL one day as well. And and you can learn a lot from recruiting classes, just looking at, you know, National Signing Day uh, all the top classes, all the top players, and you know, five-star studs and st- things like that. And I don't know where you are in terms of your understanding of uh, the importance of recruiting or National Signing Day, when it happens, what it really looks like. But it really matters when when you can you can pretty much predict the future when you look at uh, recruiting classes for college football. You know, three years ago, I mean, you can look back at some of the big names then, and even three years ago when I was still hosting the dynasty live podcast i outlined some of the hit rates for some of the elite prospects at running back and and wide receiver and essentially i mean five star players they hit at a ridiculously high rate four star players you still get some some players that that hit i mean really players inside like the top 100 overall prospects and then you get to the three stars and it's an absolute mess of trying to figure out who's going to do what when and where and it's all about opportunity Kind of like in the NFL, it's all about opportunity. And so today, I really just want to dive into some of the new faces that just joined college football teams and maybe even perhaps some of the other top college play, you know, playmakers and, and how those new faces might impact the stock of some of our favorite Debbie or college football prospects and things like that. But if you don't believe me about the, you know, being able to predict the future, I mean, just three years ago, we were talking about some of the big names that I talked about on uh, several different episodes, uh, talking about some Debbie players, were guys like Cam Akers, Florida State, who we're talking about now. He's in that second tier. He was, along with Najee Harris, who's probably going to be a top running back uh, in the 2021 draft. Cam Akers was like the guy. He was really, by consensus, a top five overall player in the entire country coming out of high school. So we already knew way back then that he he had all the tools, he had all that he needed to succeed in college. And even though Florida State has one of the worst offensive line situations in all of Power 5, if, if not all of college football, he's still, his talent 
uh, rose above, and he could be a day two uh, draft selection this year. And not only that, it's not just running backs either. I mean, we knew even back then, looking at T. Higgins coming into Clemson, that he was the real deal. He was a five-star prospect. He was just an obvious uh, kind of slam dunk physical specimen uh, long before this year's draft. And really, the entire trio of the, the stud Alabama wide receivers and Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and even Devontae Smith, who chose to stay back in school for one more year, we were talking about them because they were all four- and five-star studs. They were coming in to, to fill a void and... And really, at that point, all we were, all they had to really join was was Calvin Ridley. But we knew that those guys were going to make it because they had all the physical traits, they had all the the right things going for them, and they had opportunity. And even guys with less than obvious opportunity that were ranked pretty high. I mean, like you look back at players like J.K. Dobbins, like a big rookie name this year, like a consensus top three rookie this year. He was a top fifty recruit. He wasn't a five star stud, but. Had you understand, had you looked in between the lines of the opportunity at hand for him at Ohio State, you could have known, okay, this guy has the physical tools. He's got like the 4-4 wheels to kind of make a difference early on in his career. And you could have known that he would come up alongside Mike Weber and emerge as one of the best college playmakers in all of college football. So it's fun looking back at prior seasons, uh, getting to know some of these these studs. And so I really just want to take some time and act, you know, look at this year's national signing day, new freshman guys. I know it's years out in advance, but if you want to predict the future, if you want to check out Debbie leagues, if you want to follow some of these players from the, from the ground up from the beginning of their college football career to where they are on your NFL dynasty rosters, fantasy football rosters, I want to help you guys do that today. So I don't know if you play in Debbie leagues or even if you know what a Debbie league is, but essentially you can own, you know, college players on your roster before they're even in the NFL, which is a lot of fun. I mean, you get to follow guys for for years, you know, like imagine having Juju Smith-Schuster on your roster for three years in college and then he gets to the pros and does what he did. Or maybe you have a Michael Thomas on your roster for a couple of years and he goes off and does what he did. Or maybe just you joined here recently and you had a player like A.J. Brown, who was a five-star wide receiver for Ole Miss uh, coming into college. Or Miles Sanders, five-star running back, who uh, came into Penn State and really didn't do much, but he, he sat on your bench for maybe a couple of years and now he's in the pros. Now he's starting for you. And even like guys like Miko Hardman, who was really a top 10 player in the country coming into college, we, we could have seen those guys coming long before if all we did was just kind of talk about you know national signing day and and recruiting and and what that looks like and how that impacts the future of those playmakers alone and and the teams that they join as well and and I've done this before I've, we, we've actually talked Debbie in a, in a few occasions we're not going to always do this but want to take some time here to do that and I've talked about like a Debbie player of the week and kind of talked about like a player I really want to highlight and that and it's time for that. It's it's time for our betonline.ag Debbie player of the week. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. And the Debbie player of the week, the betonline.ag Debbie player of the week is Zachary Evans. If you've been following college football uh, recruiting for some time for this cycle, for the 2020 class, incoming freshman this fall Zachary Evans Zach or Zach Evans if you just want to call him that he, he's been the name to know because he's had such a strange journey of recruiting uh, it seems like every team in the country wanted this 
elite back because he has all the physical traits. He looks like Nick Chubb did when he came into high school or when, when he came into college, rather. And he looks like Nick Chubb with maybe some receiving chops and uh, maybe equal speed, maybe even a little bit better potential for that. It's, it's absolute. I don't want to get into too much hyperbole with, with any kind of player, but the guy for a long time, for a couple years now, really, has been the consensus number one overall running back recruit in the country. Now, recently, uh, he had a couple backs kind of come up into the conversation to kind of pass him, uh, Bajan Robinson for Texas and Demarcus Bowman for Clemson. But really, he's been the consensus top option for quite some time and uh, looks like he has all the tools and traits to go off. The problem is he hasn't committed to a school. National Signing Day was last Wednesday, February 5th. And right now, on the day of recording, it's almost about a week later, and we still don't know where he's going to be playing. I mean, early on, everyone thought he was going to go to Georgia. He was going to be the next DeAndre Swift. He was going to be the next Todd Gurley uh, for Georgia. But he was going to be, the, you know, I mean, you could talk about a laundry list of Georgia running backs that were good, but he was supposed to be the next big thing there, and everyone thought that was going to be the case. In fact, passing the early signing day period back in December, it looked like that was a sure, sure thing, done deal. But it ended up coming out that he actually kind of rescinded his commitment there and he wasn't going to go there. So all the buzz was about again, because was he going to go to Texas A&M? Was he going to go to Tennessee? Is he going to go to Ole Miss? Is there still room at Ohio State for him to add on there? Uh, There was all sorts of questions surrounding Zachary Evans, and that's still going on today. So his future could really change other backs futures depending on what he chooses to do. Now, with Georgia, it doesn't necessarily look like he's going to go there because one of my favorite freshman running backs is already there in Kendall Milton. And there was another four-star back that just joined on as well. And so you have two four- or five-star guys plus Samir White. Plus, I mean, it's just it's kind of a, a stable of backs already at Georgia. So it's looking like he, he might not end up at uh, you know running back university. But if he goes and ends up at you know Tennessee... All he really has to compete with there is Eric Gray and uh, the faster, shiftier Ty Chandler. Uh, But Zachary Evans would clearly automatically be the best back in town. Uh, You know, there's still talk about him going to Texas A&M. And he really, you know, you'd have to compete with Isaiah Spiller, a couple other decent backups with no, no experience there. But he could immediately kind of be in the feature back role there. Uh, And then there's still some buzz about him going to Ole Miss which I hope that doesn't happen because Jerry and Ely, who's a top Debbie player prospect, you know, he, he, one of those two sport athletes, elite athlete type guys uh, that I want to see have in a, in a feature back role for Ole Miss. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen for Jerry and Ely's sake, but any of those landing spots, he could come in right away and make a big splash. Maybe have like a, you know, an 800 to 1000 yard season right out of the gate. So, Zachary Evans is the Debbie player of the week for a reason. He's, he's the man of the hour and is probably going to be the, the buzz, uh, a buzz player really in all of college football for the next couple of months. And just because of how his recruiting and lack of commitment and drama has, has worked out. Uh, but uh, don't want to spend too much time on one player. So there you have it. That's that's our betonline.ag Debbie player of the week. And remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE all one word for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. And so, like I said, not, don't want to spend too much time on one player, but I do want to kind of talk about some of the you know, other running backs that are coming in, situations that might change based on 
you know, those guys being added to their respective backfields. And I know a lot of you, if you are familiar with college football, you're already kind of familiar with uh, some of the top names, you know, eligible for 2021. Don't want to spend too much time on those guys, but obviously uh, that did change the landscape of really the whole rookie season of content we were going to be talking about at Dynasty Command Center and at at Rotoviz. I mean, you know, you had Travis Etienne at Clemson, uh, and he chose to stay for one more year. That completely changed the outlook of, you know, the five-star running back coming in there. Chuba Hubbard for Oklahoma State. Obviously, he, you know, going back to Oklahoma State for one more year with Spencer Sanders still there, Tylen Wallace still there. Obviously, a lot to be excited about for him. And Najee Harris kind of ruined the uh, the chances for any new names in this running running back class for Alabama. We typically every year almost I'd be like have a, a running back that we're excited about in, in Debbie circles for, for uh, Alabama, but Trey Sanders, you know, he, he might come alongside. He, he missed all of last season for Alabama. Uh, he might be the kind of one B to Najee Harris for Alabama this year. And uh, Sanders isn't draft eligible until 2022, but those guys could be the kind of tandem there. But Najee Harris looks like he's, he's in, he's in line for a huge, huge role. And then obviously I mentioned J- Jerry and Ely. That's a, Big name. I have him really high. Um, and so Zachary Evans up up, up where he is right now uh, in, in discussions. If he does go to Ole Miss, that's going to change everything for Ely. But Ely, for me, he's I'm higher on, on Jerry and Ely than almost anybody that I've, I've found in, in terms of Debbie rankers anywhere. Uh, he's actually a top 20 Debbie pick for me right now, unless Zachary Evans goes there and joins that backfield because he's going to absolutely feature. But... Bajan Robinson for Texas. He's a new uh, recruit. He's got the you know the feature back size. He's already 215, 220 pounds. It looks like six foot, six one, something like that. He's right now. He he's the back that passed Zachary Evans in terms of uh, most recruiting websites, recruiting resources, and it looks like he can catch too. So he looks like a feature back, absolute monster coming in for Texas football, and was really the staple. Uh, of their recruiting class this year, the the player that really uh, took their recruiting class up into the next level. They they actually had a top ten recruiting class. Actually had the best recruiting class according to the twenty four seven Sports composite ranking. They actually had the best recruiting class in all uh, of the Big Twelve. Uh, and so that was really huge, big get for Texas. Obviously, Texas has some good running backs already in Keontae Ingram, who that that's a really popular name, a guy you should look into. Uh, if you play in Debbie leagues and you might still be available if, if you don't play in a super uh, deep Debbie league, Keontae Ingram, that is. And then uh, Rashawn Johnson, who actually kind of stepped up in a big way for them at running back last year. Uh, I'm not sure what his role is going to be moving forward. He was actually, he actually was recruited as a quarterback, came in and was like, Hey, I want to play. I want to make an impact. Sam Ellinger's already here. And he actually came, became a running back and was running back to and a productive one at that. And they also have Jordan Whittington, who, I mean, he's like a hybrid. He's just a freak athlete. Coming into college, he was like one of those high star, you know, there's, I don't know why they do this, but like they're like an athlete designation. You know, like they could be a defender, they could be a running back, they could be a wide receiver. He's, he's just a freak. And if he gets any opportunity, uh, he could be uh, another running back in that stable too. But given Bajan Robinson being a five star, given that they already have Ingram and, and Johnson there, I'm thinking Robinson probably just slots in immediately, if not by year two, as the feature back um, pretty quickly. He could he could be like the one B or maybe the third option 
uh, behind Ingram and, and Johnson this year, kind of like DeAndre Swift as a freshman. You know, when they were in in uh, you know in, in later game situations, DeAndre Swift came in and actually got significant work for Georgia as a true freshman, even though they already had two good backs there in Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. I could see a similar emergence and kind of uh, you know flashes of greatness for for Robinson in year one. Uh, for Texas, that's a name to to definitely draft early if you are a, a Devi uh, extraordinaire uh, and love to play in those, especially deeper leagues, and you want to take some freshmen. Uh, Demarcus Bowman is a player that he looks like the the next version of Travis Etienne. I mean, he is he is a sprinter. He's got elite speed. He could come in for Clemson right away, uh, make an impact. Obviously, Lynn J. Dixon uh, was pretty good. Uh, in in some you know limited work uh, when uh, Travis Etienne when you know when Clemson got up by like by three or four touchdowns, Lynn J. Dixon would come in and he did just fine. But I think the future of Clemson football at the running back position is Demarcus Bowman after uh, Travis Etienne departs after this coming season. So somebody that I wouldn't expect huge production out of immediately, but you should definitely draft because you're not going to have a chance to next year. And then Tank Bigsby, I mean I'm I'm an Auburn fan. I like Auburn quite a bit. I don't know why Jatarvius Whitlow, who was the lead back at, for most of his time there, uh, decided to enter the transfer portal, but it looks like they're going to be without Whitlow uh, at Auburn uh, this year. So Tank Bigsby comes in, four-star running back. He compared with DJ Williams, who actually did pretty well uh, for Auburn when Whitlow missed some time. And, and really just even before that, uh, he was already looking decent in limited action. So uh, that could be a fun one-two punch with DJ Williams and Tank Bigsby. That's Tank. That's legit his name. Tank Tank Bigsby. So he's not a huge feature back like his his name would imply, but he he has adequate size, has some crazy uh, burst to him. I could see him catching more passes than than DJ Williams would if they kind of split the work that way. But definitely somebody to keep in mind. And I mentioned just kind of in passing already. Uh, really a guy that could be the running back one in this class beyond Zachary Evans, beyond Bajan Robinson, beyond Demarcus Bowman. He could be the best back in this bunch. And and that is, uh, that, that's Kendall Milton. Uh, he's the guy that, that went to Georgia. He's the guy that uh, looks like he could be the real deal. He could come in and uh, come alongside Zamir White and perhaps you know, surpass him and have most of the work in year one he's got the feature back skills he really does I mean the way that he the way that he runs he a little bit upright at times I mean he, he can run similar in, in terms of style to Todd Gurley and uh, obviously that's a name that that's a little sore for some people because of the issues as of late with his value and dynasty but in college and in, in Debbie and in, in his recruiting and in his draft capital he was the guy and so if Milton follows a similar path and follows the path of many of the recent backs for Georgia and kind of is a part of a, uh, a really high quality one, two punch and maybe has a, a really standout feature year, one year, Milton could be a first round pick, uh, just slam dunk three seasons from now. So he looks like uh, he's he could be the steal if you can't get uh, any of the other guys I mentioned. And in some leagues, he's going to go before some of these guys just because it's Georgia and it's running back university. And everyone thinks, well, these guys are, are the guys you want to own. I mean, if you just look at the recently drafted backs, uh, people like to go in on, on Georgia running backs, Alabama running backs. Uh, they, they seem to be the obvious decision. Uh, but before I get to 
wide receivers, I got to tell you about our friends at Untuck It. I mean, have you ever seen an untucked button down? They, they look bad. And why is that? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. But thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or, or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I mean, for me, I work in the music industry and music publishing, and it's kind of just part of the uniform. You wear an untucked shirt, and it's got to fit you just right. I mean, and these shirts are actually great and do just that. And you can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. And with Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And the website is super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted just to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a, a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. And so to kind of finish up this episode, I do want to kind of talk about some of the incoming wide receivers and what that could mean for some of your top, you know, your favorite players that are already in college football uh, making plays. I mean, obviously, just some of the top names off the bat, if you uh, haven't been paying attention to college football, obviously, Jamar Chase uh, won the Boletnikoff Award for being the best wide receiver in college football this year. Uh, Jamar Chase for LSU it kind of put on a show uh, for LSU all year with Joe Burrow, and there's questions at quarterback for him, but he's not going to have any problem putting up a ridiculous season Again, regardless of who is at the helm, whether that's Miles Brennan or some other name, uh, he's going to be just fine. Uh, and he's going to have some some company this year that I'll get to here shortly at the wide receiver position. But they are returning uh, Terrace Marshall as well, who's a top player. But they're also losing Thaddeus Moss at tight end. And, of course, Justin Jefferson, who was like the, the go-to kind of slot option that made that a, a deadly trio with Marshall and Chase and, and Jefferson all together. But I think they're just going to kind of shift around the parts and who the, who those guys are in, in that situation. Uh, and, and Jamar Chase is just going to dominate again. Obviously, I went to Purdue, and so Rondale Moore coming in, he's going to have a bounce-back year. He missed most of the season last year uh, due to injury, a weird hyperextended knee situation. Got injured on the same play as his quarterback. Rough year for the Boilermakers, but he's somebody that doesn't have a ton of competition uh, returning besides David Bell. Bryson Hopkins at tight end is departing, so he could still have a huge, huge market share in terms of receptions and yards. And uh, he's a little undersized, but he's going to probably have another 2,000-plus uh, all-purpose type year for the Boilermakers. And, of course, Justin Ross for Clemson. Uh, he looks like he's going to have a, a year where he can really feature now that T, T. Higgins is is departed could be huge year for him one more year with Trevor Lawrence chucking in the ball and then of course I'm really high higher on than most I think on George Pickens for Georgia uh, I think he uh, it was highly productive in a really low volume offense so if he uh, has a year where he can kind of feature and be the guy uh, he could really be the Debbie overall uh, number one wide receiver after this season after guys like Chase after guys like Ross and Moore uh, depart and of course, you got a final season, Tylen Wallace for Oklahoma State. You got Rashad Bateman for Minnesota. 
Seth Williams at Auburn, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle still at Alabama. There's there's a stacked group of wide receivers to get excited about in college football. And of course, the maybe the fastest guy of them all, Tamorian Terry for Florida State. It'll be uh, interesting to see if he can maintain his efficiency this year and have another you know year where he just averages almost 20 yards per reception. Uh, tons and tons of guys to get excited about there. Uh, really, the, the the guy that I want to see do it again, uh, the, really two guys I really want to see do it again that uh, aren't brand new faces to college football are Sage Surratt for Wake Forest and uh, Tutu Atwell for Louisville, guys that don't have the recruiting pedigree that weren't in conversations like or episodes like this one uh, just a couple years back, but guys that blew up last year from a production production standpoint, had crazy high dominators, adjusted yards per team, pass attempt numbers, all, all the production profile numbers you want to see out of players um, at an early stage in their, their career. But I just want to see them do it again. Surratt is eligible and Atwell is actually technically eligible for 2021, but guys that uh, you know had limited action before uh, this past year, I want to see them do it again. Atwell, a really light, really skinnier guy, but um, uh, you know, high yards per reception, high efficiency guy, and and not that impressive of an, of an offense. And Surratt, I want to see if he can have success without his quarterback Jamie Newman tossing them the ball. I, I don't know who if it's going to be Sam Hartman or another name throwing the ball at Wake Forest, but he is in kind of a prove it year. Six three, two twenty, almost like fits the Demarius Thomas mold. Uh, there for him. Atwell is probably going to be more of like the Hollywood Brown guy if he if he does hit more along the the Deshaun Jackson line of things if he does hit. But I want to talk about just a few freshman wide receivers that could make an impact early before we wrap things up here. There are a bunch of wide receivers. Uh, if you go down the line of recent hits that uh, have been at least from a draft capital standpoint, if not elite level production, uh, that have come out of Ohio State uh, here recently. Obviously, last year. Paris Campbell was a little bit of a disappointment, had the draft capital, seemed like it could be a situation where he works works his way up. Maybe he sees a year two boost, but you know, you got guys like Curtis Samuel, uh, who who's shown that, that he can splash. And of course, uh, Michael Thomas has been the difference maker in all fantasy football leagues everywhere uh, for the past three, four years. And there was a, a guy that we were talking about on episodes like this uh, years prior to him even coming into the league. But now... And obviously, even KJ Hill. I mean, he could get some capital this year. Uh, the guy who has more receptions than any other wide receiver for Ohio State in school history. But um, they still have Chris Olave, who had 12 touchdowns last year. Garrett Wilson, who was last year's top Debbie recruit, who is basically the consensus top overall best wide receiver in the country coming into college. But on top of that, it's just an, an embarrassment of uh, just a luxury. It's just ridiculous riches for the Ohio State Buckeyes because they add two more five-star wide receivers in Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and that's a mouthful. So I'll say it again. Julian Fleming, that's not that's that's pretty easy. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, both, both those guys could be, you know, impact players pretty quickly because it wasn't just K.J. Hill that left this year. They, they also lost Benjamin Victor. They lost Austin Mack. So a bunch of the depth and uh, kind of second secondary receptions, a lot of the offense is probably going to go through Olave and Wilson, but there's going to be a third and maybe fourth option that emerged this year at wide receiver. Now, 
Jalen Gill, who was a, a big running back recruit, uh, could be more of like a uh, that that typical slot shifty guy at times for them or H back kind of role uh, for them. I don't really know if his role is going to expand uh, given his elite level of athleticism uh, and the fact that Master Teague looks like he's going to be the feature back, and so Gill might not have much action as a running back. So he could be he could be the wild card for Ohio State, and that's Jalen Gill. If you uh, weren't familiar with his recruiting story a couple years ago, but he kind of came in and was the afterthought at running back because, you know, they already had J.K. Dobbins. They already had Master Teague. Well, Master Teague was the, the bigger feature back guy that came in in the same class. Uh, and so he kind of got forgotten. But if he can work his way in at wide receiver, he could be the guy that limits even five-star studs like Julian Fleming, who looks like he could be the outside kind of feature X wide receiver and Jackson Smith and Jigba because he could be more of like a Z and, and move uh, wide receiver that lines up in different spots around the, the formation. But I don't think he's going to be the, the, the dominant X like a, a Garrett Wilson could be who's already there. And Olave is not going anywhere because he just he, he was like the focal point, really, of, of the passing game. So there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed in, at Ohio State uh, this year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens between those two five stars and the studs that are already there. But Julian Fleming uh, could be my uh, wide receiver one uh, in this class just because he is so impressive, has uh, the size and speed that you want to see already. It looks like he's got the route running. Uh, he'll, he's just a really balanced uh, receiver coming in before he's even in college. Uh, but then I mentioned LSU adding some fun names there uh, this year as well. So they lost Justin Jefferson. They lose uh, Randy Moss's son and, Th- and Thaddeus Moss. But then they add Kayshawn Boutte and, Thad- and, uh, and Eric Gilbert, uh, who uh, both five stars, Eric Gilbert, five-star tight end, Kayshawn Boutte, five-star wide receiver. And Boutte, I mean, he really, with his play style, I mean, I don't, again, don't want to get into hyperbole. He's not the next Odell Beckham locked in or anything, but his play style and ball skills and, and shifty quickness uh, remind me of a college Odell Beckham Jr. So if he comes in and is that kind of explosive player right away, he could be somebody that, that garners more volume than a Terrace Marshall uh, this season. So they could immediately have another deadly trio of wide receivers. And Eric Gilbert looks like he's got the receiving skills and, and the size to be an adequate blocker right out of the gate. They could be right back where they were in terms of offensive playmakers. It's going to be all about the quarterback for them at LSU. Uh, so Kayshawn Boutte, I mean, he could be the wide receiver one as well in that conversation, most certainly uh, for guys that just signed this year as true freshmen. So keep that that name in mind. And, and Gilbert could be the tight end one. He, he, he looks like he, he could be like that, that first round talent at, at uh, tight end here in a few years. Uh, a couple more names as well. Demon Demon. It's hard to say. Demon Demas for Texas A&M is an interesting story because uh, and he's another guy just because of his freak athleticism and uh, just his lanky frame. I mean, he, he could end up being the best of the bunch in this crew as well, but he kind of had a weird story. He was a uh, due to some weird transfer rules. He was um, he actually uh, came in and actually he missed his entire final season of uh, high school for production. So a weird take, not exactly the, the normal rec- recruiting path, but still got a five-star rating, even even though he didn't even have a senior year to play. Keep an eye on him to end up uh, featured at some point for Texas A&M, a wide receiver, uh, immediately coming in, joining Osbin, 
uh, potentially as a wide receiver one for that that squad. And then Raheem Jarrett, five-star from Maryland. Really strange decision for him to even go to Maryland. Maryland's been kind of a dumpster fire at quarterback. They haven't uh, decided uh, you know, on, on who's the best option. They've had more than a dozen guys enter the transfer portal this past uh, offseason. It's been kind of weird. I, they may retain some of those guys, but due to that situation, Raheem Jarrett could come in and instantly slide into some major market share uh, in that receiving offense. So that could be a lot of fun if he uh, you know, is able to come in and immediately use um, the opportunity and take advantage of uh, his shifty skill set could could have you know immediately be in that uh, reminiscent of a, an early career uh, DJ Moore situation just because there's nobody else they'd even throw to, but uh, the quarterback situation might be rough for a while. But I hope uh, this ep- episode was interesting for you. If you, if you're not familiar with National Signing Day, you're not familiar with recruiting trail and things like that or Devi leagues, I, I'd encourage to you know you all to check that out because it's a lot of fun just watching these players develop from the ground up years and years before they're even in the pros. Uh, so if you have any questions on Devi or college fantasy football or any of these prospects or you know the 200 other guys I have on my list, I'm still trying to get through. Uh, this offseason, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, hop on, hop on our, our, our Slack that we've got going on with the Dynasty Command Center crew. Uh, but feel free to reach out to me anytime. We're going to be talking about rookies again here soon with Curtis. And I can't believe the Combine's already almost upon us. But until next time, keep living that Dynasty life.